What's up, everybody? We're here to go over UFC. I guess we're going to call it UFC Singapore. Um, Max Holloway versus the Korean Zombie. Uh, but real quick, we're going to go over the um, you know the results for for last week. Uh, wasn't wasn't a good. It was good as far as my picks went. I think I picked all but two of the fights right, and uh, I got a few bets that that hit. But my big play, which was on Hakeem Dawadu, uh, didn't hit, which I found quite ridiculous because I thought he clearly won the first two rounds. Um, and even Cub Swanson said after the fight that he thought he was down two rounds. Um, you know, Dowdu had busted his nose. Cub was bleeding everywhere in the first round, the second round. Uh, Cub did win the third round, um, I would say. But, you know, it happens. I just, I don't normally uh, put three-unit plays out there very much. I usually do like one or two units. And had I done, you know, a, a one-unit play, um, I still would have came out with some money, or had I done like a two-unit play, I would have pretty much broke even. Uh, so it was on me for you know putting that big of a bet out there, especially on Dawadu because he does have a tendency to go to a decision, and you know he does have a tendency to to make close fights sometimes. So I should have known that, and uh, only got myself to blame for that. But my other my other play on the card was a two-man parlay that was uh, Martin Bidet and Khalil Roundtree. It was a plus one twenty-one. Um, that was a one unit play. So I got a little over, um, like a, a unit and a quarterback of what I lost on Dowadu. And then I had this play that I posted the day before the fights. Um, it was a two prop parlay that was, um, JP Bays and Marcus McGee under 2.5. And then I, uh, I matched that with Khalil Roundtree by TKO or decision. And that gave me plus 112. It was a half unit. So. Made back, uh, made back some of my money there. I also had a a uh, parlay that I, I, I when it came down to it, I was on this parlay here, and uh, all I had left on this parlay was Hakeem Dawadu, and then I had my play on Hakeem Dawadu coming up. So I didn't want to risk losing both, so I cashed out the smaller one. Of course, probably should have just cashed out <laughs> my money back on Dawadu, but I cashed this one out early. Um, all of these people hit on here, I think, except for. Uh, Dowdu. I cashed it up right before the Dowdu fight. There's a plus. Uh, I don't remember what the what the odds were on it, but it, it was a hundred or five hundred thirty-three dollar uh, parlay, and I think I had like seventy bucks on it or something like that. So in the end, I ended up losing maybe a little under a unit. Um, I didn't do too much live betting on this card like I normally do. Uh, usually, whenever if I have a bad night, I can usually make it back and still make some money, you know, in the live betting or whatever. But I didn't have too much of that going on in this card, you know. Dawadu was the co-main event, so I was like all, I was pretty sure I was good, you know, I thought he was going to for sure win that fight, and got screwed on the decision, you know, it happens, so, uh, should have picked somebody else, man, there were a lot of good spots on that card, you know, that were easy money, and you know, like Luana Santos, I, I should have loaded up a play on her, man, I don't usually like betting on women's fights, but I mean, we all know how Juliana Miller looked in her last fight, and, and we kind of knew that she didn't look like she was, you know, UFC level, and she was still kind of learning so i mean i should have just went with that narrative and put money on santos you know but whatever and then i had the underdog pick of aj dobson i could have put some money on that just wasn't 
wasn't super confident in it, you know, um, and I guess you could consider that one a close fight, but you know, it was a, it was a plus money play. So that was a good one of the underdog. I think that might've been the only underdog on the card that I picked and, uh, and he won. So, um, but anyways, man, let's get back over to the, uh, to the UFC Singapore Holloway versus Korean zombie. And, uh, this is a full card, man. Well, almost full 13 fights, you know, um, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good fights on this card and, you know, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of fights that I'm like, I'm not, I'm not super confident in a lot of these, you know, uh, some of these fights are, you know, could be pretty close and, or, or we just don't know what we're getting or, you know, stuff like that. Or like the, uh, Chidi Nijikwani and Michael Ozechek fight that could go either way. You know, these are two good strikers, you know, get a lot of knockouts, uh, it's hard to be confident in a lot of these picks, man. And and the ones that we are super confident on, um, you know, they're they're minus eight hundred or this just huge ridiculous line like Max Holloway. You know, he's obviously the lock of the card, but you know, good luck trying to make a lot of money on on it. But uh, so what else, man? Um, we got a lot of I got a lot of people's picks in for the uh, for the contest for the uh, for the uh, Sterling and O'Malley card this weekend. So I'm going to go ahead and not do the contest still. We're going to wait and see what happens with that. There are actually a lot of people that, that uh, are trying to win this time, so I'm happy with that. And, you know, I, I just, as y'all do that, I screenshot y'all's picks, and so I know which order they all came in, and whoever picked the right, the right uh, three first uh, will, get the, will get the win, man. And it's looking like somebody might get it this week, man. A lot of good picks on there, man. And uh, so, yeah, man, if uh, – if you're not familiar with the show, I go through, I give out all my picks for every card, uh, for all the card, and then I give out my bets at the end of the card. Um, if you're not interested in watching my videos, you can go over to my social medias, um, Instagram and TikTok or high kick underscore fight picks. Uh, there's a Facebook group, high kick fight picks on there, easy to find. I post all my bets and everything on there, my flyers and all that stuff. So, uh, and feel free to, uh, in the Facebook group, feel free to post all your bets in there and stuff. I like to see what people when what other people put into. I get ideas from it. So, uh, what else, man? What else? Um, I know I haven't done it in a while, but uh, uh, I used to do this every episode. But um, I did an interview with Chris Lights Out Lytle, um when I first started this channel, and it didn't get a lot of views or anything. I might like you know repost it or something because it's a very interesting interview, man. You know, from a legend, from a guy who fought you know back in the early days and stuff. And uh, he has a he has a show on YouTube that's um, the Lights Out podcast where he talks with all these legends of the sport and everything and talks about their careers and it's a really interesting show, man. And uh, yeah, go check it out, man. You know, uh, I don't get paid for that. It's just a good show that I enjoy and I used to say it every time and I keep forgetting. But uh, yeah, I consider Chris a friend, man. He was nice enough to do an interview with me as my first interview. So yeah, show him some support, man, and and, and check it out. You know, y'all know he commentates on the BKFC now and stuff and. Um, yeah, please, please go check out his show, man. And uh, what else? So, I guess, I guess let's get into this card, man. First up, we got Sungwoo Choi taking on Jarno Aaron's. And Choi is thirty years old, uh, six foot tall, with a seventy-four and a half inch reach. He is ten and six, and three and five in the UFC. He's a minus two twenty-five favorite here. And uh, I find that kind of crazy, man. I know everybody was high on Choi for a while, uh, but he's lost three in a row now, and we've seen him get knocked out, you know, his last time out and rocked multiple times in his last few fights and uh, submitted in, in his third is uh, his fight with um, Alex Caceres. 
And uh, yeah, he just hasn't looked good lately, man. And uh, I know he was landing some good shots, uh, good shots, you know, when uh, in the uh, the Mike Trezano fight and everything before he got finished. But he was going in there, running into big shots, man. It wasn't a good look with the striking defense. Um, he's got six wins by knockout, no wins by submission. Um, he has been submitted twice. Uh, he's been fighting decent competition, though. I mean, I'm I'm sure the UFC thinks they're giving him a favorable matchup here. And I've seen some guys, you know, on on Tapology jumping on Aaron's pretty hard. Um, Choi's going to have a one and a half inch reach advantage. You know, he's he's a good kickboxer. He's powerful. His fights were always exciting to watch. And uh, you know, he he was really loading up a lot in his last fight and really telegraphing all of his shots. Therefore, he was able to be countered pretty easily. Um, he relies a lot on that big left hook, man, and and he, he puts a lot into that, and and he really shows when he's going to throw it. Uh, he's tall and rangy for featherweight, man. He gets a little wild at times, especially when he hurts his opponents. Um, but he's always live for a knockout, and this has been a really tough fight for me to uh, to make a decision on. <laughs> uh, he's taking on Jarno Aaron's. He is twenty eight years old, five eleven with a seventy three inch reach. He is thirteen four and one and zero and one in the UFC, and he's a plus one ninety underdog. Yeah, he's a judo black belt. He made his uh, debut against a very talented kickboxer. Um, what was it, William Gomes, I think? Yeah, William Gomes. And, um, you know, lost lost the decision there. He, uh, he had a few moments in that fight. He did rock Gomes at one point. Um, he has three wins by knockout, five by submission. Um, he has really good striking defense. He covers up well. Nice judo throws. Good Dutch kickboxer. Um, I watched a video of him fighting in a field somewhere on YouTube uh, in the grass, just beating some dude up. Um, I don't know if that actually counts towards his record or not, but um, they tried to do it as professional as they possibly could uh, for the video. Uh, I know he didn't look good against Gomez in his last fight, but you know he didn't really get hurt at all or anything. You know he just he was covering up well, man. He just wasn't uh, landing the volume, and he didn't get hurt or anything in that fight. So at least that's impressive. Um, he's never been knocked out, so I don't think Choi's going to get a finish here. Uh, it's hard to find a whole lot of tape on Aaron's man, and and. I did find, you know, three or four fights. Um, it's very hard for me to get behind Choi at this price, man, when he's lost three times in a row and has been getting dropped and and has, you know, rocked repeatedly in his last few fights. And I do think Choi does have a striking advantage, but I think if Jarno hits him, he'll drop him. And, you know, Jarno's going to be coming in on full camp this time, ready to go. You know, not like his last, last, last fight coming in on short notice. Um and I don't know, man. This has been a tough pick for me. I guess I'd rather, I'd rather, as far as a betting standpoint, you know, that's how I do my show. I don't just go through and and pick, you know, necessarily who I think is going to win, especially if if I think underdog has a chance and there's more value on that. So that's what I'm saying when I when I make these decisions like this. Um, I'd rather risk the plus money on Jarno Aaron's in my in my big parlays uh, than a big price on a guy who's lost three times in a row now. And, I, and I'm not very confident in this pick. Um, I won't get heavily invested in it. Um, I'm do, I might, there's a lot of underdogs on this card that I that I like. I might make like an underdog parlay or something. Um, yeah, no, Choi is very good, but his chin hasn't looked good at all lately, man. And I'm gonna pick Jarno Aaron's to uh, to win, uh, say by a late late knockout. Let's just say it that. But I'm not super confident in that. <laughs> Next up, we got. Yakuza, uh, Yusaka Kin Kinoshita, sorry, versus Billy Golf. <laughs> Struggling with that name for a minute. Sorry, I gotta. They moved all the fights around, so I gotta pull my notes up on this fight. 
So Kinoshita is 23 years old, uh, six foot tall with a 71 and a half inch reach. He is six and two and zero and one in the UFC, and he's a minus 150 favorite. Uh, he had an impressive, um, impressive knockout on the Contender Series, man. And but you know, in his debut, he got destroyed by Adam Fugit. And uh, a lot of people don't think highly of Adam Fugit. I don't think he's as bad as everybody tries to make him seem. Um, I think Mike Mallett is a very talented fighter, and he destroyed Fugit. But uh, you know, he got a uh, yet he got out grappled in his fight with Fugit, and it wasn't a good look at all, man. He has four wins by knockout, two by submission. Uh, he's not very experienced at all, man, and I think that's really what showed in his last fight. Um, you know, Fugit was able to take him down, and once he had him down, he was able to easily control him and beat him and finish him via ground and pound. Um, he does have big power in his hands. I find it crazy that he's a favorite, you know, right now. I mean, I feel like this fight should be more of like a pick'em. Um, Kenoshita pushes forward constantly. He rushes in a little too much, uh, something that he can't really keep doing at a high level of competition. Uh, most of his wins have been quick finishes, so I worry about his cardio. Um, this is probably going to be his toughest fight yet, in my opinion, uh, cause Billy Goff doesn't go away, you know, and, uh, like I said, I think this should be more of a pick him. Um, you know, Ken Oshita's fighting close to home here. You know, it should be a very exciting fight. Um, he's taking on Billy Goff. He's 25 years old, 5'10", with a 72 and a half inch reach. He is eight and two, and this is going to be his UFC debut. And he's a plus 130 underdog. He's got six wins by knockout. Um, and he will have a one-inch reach advantage. Um, he had a couple of wins in Bellator, actually, um, which is surprising because I watched Bellator, and I, I guess I forgot that he had, had fought there, or maybe I just missed it or something. Uh, he's on a six-fight win streak with five of those being finishes. Um, he pressure fights. He's always walking his opponents down. Uh, very vicious elbows. I saw him cut a guy up so bad that he had to tap out in one of his fights. Uh, no wins by submission. Um, he got dropped by a head kick in his last fight on the Contender Series. And, you know, he came back and got the win, man, but he did get rocked a few times, get hurt quite a bit, you know. And, uh, you know, so I know he was disappointed with his with his performance there, even though he came out and got the knockout. Um, he fights very well in the clinch. Uh, he's very tough, man. He takes a beating and keeps on coming. Um, he reminds me a lot of Trevor Peak as far as, like, how he fights, you know, and how he gets hurt and keeps coming and, and all that. He might be a little bit more well-rounded than Trevor Peak is. <laughs> but, uh I think Goff has the option for the takedowns if he needs them. Uh, Kenoshita may be a better striker, but can he put can he put someone that's as tough as Goff away? I don't know. You know, I really I really struggle with this fight as well, man. And you know, Goff has had a year off to work on his game. If I was confident that Goff would go out there and fight smart and wear on Kenoshita up against the cage and slow him down, you know, this would be a lot easier pick for me because I do want to pick Goff. Um, but anything could happen here, man. And I do know that. Uh, Kenoshita is no joke on the feet, and that's where golf likes to keep it. And I, I do think Kenoshita is the better striker, um, man. Because if 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 I'm picking golf, I'm picking him based on the fact that he's just a really tough guy, man. That gets hurt, you know, and, and comes back. And so at some point, he's going to get hurt and not be able to come back from that. And um, and I really want to pick golf. <laughs> I really do. Still haven't quite decided on some of these guys. Originally, I thought I was going to go with Goff, then I thought I was going to change it to Kinoshita because of how good he is, but... Man. I kind of want to go with the plus money. That's what I normally do in these situations. But Kinoshita's striking is very clean, man. Uh, very good striker. You know, he beat up a guy that was way bigger than him on the Contender Series. 
I guess I'm going to pick, man. Everybody on Tapology is going golf, but Kenoshita is the favorite. I'm going to pick Kenoshita. Yeah. Just because golf has the tendency to get hurt. But if it gets out of the first round, I think yeah, Billy Golf will probably take over. Um, but I want golf to win. This is not something I would get heavily invested in either. This may be on my big parlays. And you're going to be hearing me pause a lot on some of these because some of these I still fucking am going back and forth with myself on. But, uh, yeah, man, it's like 114 degrees down here, man, in Texas right now. And, uh, yeah, this uh, this YouTube channel stuff, man, is uh, <laughs> it's a lot of work, man, especially working like 50 hours a week at my job, man. And, you know, you, it, it's it's there's no time off at all now because I have to come home and immediately, you know, study all the fights, you know, take notes, go over everything, memorize stuff, all that. You know, it's like I get like one day off a week where I get to relax. And especially since I post all my videos way way before everybody else, I am sorry that I'm a day late this this week, guys. I usually do it on Wednesday. But, uh, yeah, so I'm still before everybody else, so who cares? Uh, next up, we got uh, Tosh Toshishimo Kazama taking on Garrett Armfield. Uh, Kazama is 26 years old. He is 5'7 with a 69-inch reach. He is 10 and 3. And sorry, ten and three and zero and one in the UFC. He's a plus one thirty five underdog. Uh, this guy's a good grappler with very tricky submissions. Uh, five wins by submission, three wins by knockout on his record. And you know, I thought in his last fight that if he if he had fought smart and uh, you know he had a shot to win his last fight against the uh, Nakamura guy. Um, but he went out there and he did the one thing that he shouldn't have done. And he went out there and he brawled with a guy who knocks everybody out. So it was a really dumb decision. He's obviously not the brightest crown in the box. Um, Kazama's never been submitted. Uh, he's He beat a very experienced fighter on road to UFC, a guy that had like a 20, you know, 25 wins on his record. So um, he has nice trips, very creative on the ground, jiu-jitsu brown belt, uh, good top control, uh, takes guys down, triangles the legs from top position, uh, traps the arm behind the back like the Dagestani guys do, um, you know, which is what he should have done in his last fight. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let that one go, I guess. Uh, so he pushes a really tough pace, very dangerous off of his back. Um, a lot of people are going with Armfield here. I'm not really sure why everybody's so confident in him. Um, you have to consider that that where the fights are taking place here. You know, the UFC wants these Asian prospects to win here. You know, they're trying to give them favorable fights and you know, at least that's how i think they do it you know um, it's kind of like how all the canadian fighters won in, in canada you know um, nobody expected that a lot of a lot of uh big favorites lost uh kazama has a very weird style but he is more experienced than armfield uh, this is a fight where it could probably go either way man and the only thing i can say about kazama is sometimes he is a little too comfortable pulling guard and working for submissions off of his back uh, especially when he doesn't have to there was he was doing that on the road to ufc fight but he still got the win uh, and he's taking on Garrett Armfield. He is 26 years old, uh, 5'6 with a 70-inch reach, and he is 8-3 and 0-1 and in the UFC, and he's a minus 155 favorite. And he made his debut up a weight class against David Onama and got handled pretty easily. He did land a few good shots in the first round. Um, he's got nice boxing. That's his best his best thing. You know, um, some pretty clean knockouts I watched on the regional scene. Um, he's got five wins by knockout, two by submission. Um, he has been submitted two times. Uh, David Onama submitted him. Uh, so that's something to think about since, you know, Kazama's specialty is is his submissions and his grappling. Um, I like Garrett striking. He has the advantage there in this fight. I mean, he's very powerful. 
all of his wins except one have been uh, pretty early finishes. Uh, if you go back to his fight with uh, Matt Vogel, um, uh, Matt Vogel, Garrett was dominating that fight um, early and ended up getting submitted uh, after he tired, you know, in the second round uh, by a guy who, in my opinion, isn't as good as Kazama. Um, you know, really torn on this fight, man, but I, I think it's just because Armfield is a big, big favorite on Tapology, and my brain tells me to take Kazama because. You know, not only because of the grappling advantage, but because it's a, a better price as well. You know, him being the underdog. I do feel like it'd go either way, man. Um, I do like I do like taking a dog in that situation. And usually it's better to go with a, with a better grappler. But we don't know if he's going to go out there and make a dumb decision, you know, and, and not go for takedowns and try to brawl again, you know. Um, man. I think I'm going to take Kazama to win by submission, uh, round a late submission, round three. I think he'll fight smart this time. Next up, we got Na Lang taking on JJ Aldrich. Aldrich. <laughs> um, this is the fight where I'm kind of like, why? You know, uh, don't understand. You know, JJ Aldrich was like way up, you know, going way up in the in the division at, at one point before her last two losses. Um, and Na Ling has never won a fight in the UFC, so. Uh, Liang is 27 years old, 5'5", five, five with a 67 and a, and we'll say a 67 and a half inch reach. It's, it says 67.3. Um, she is 19 and 6 and 0 and 2 in the UFC. She's a plus 425 underdog. Yeah, she's been knocked out twice in a row now. Uh, just hasn't looked good at all, but if you... If you look at her regional scene record, you know, all her wins have been by finish. Six knockouts, 11 submissions. Um, she's been submitted a few times, uh, knocked out three times. So there is that to think about. Um, you know, is this one of those cases where she had a rough start to her career and then gets her feet underneath her and shows how she got all those finishes before the UFC, you know? Um, I don't think that's going to be the case, but, you know, I, I wish it was because I'm really sick of seeing, you know, these huge prices on on you know, these women's fights that, that end up epically failing, you know, I mean, <laughs> Aldrich was a big favorite against, uh, both of her last fights, I believe Blanchfield. Now uh, she wasn't a favorite against Blanchfield, but she was a favorite against Lipsky <clears throat> and didn't look good at all, man. Um, you know, these girls reaches are pretty much the same. Um, Ling showed she had some good top pressure and grappling in the, uh, Carnalosi fight. Um, fights really wild, man. She has nice body lock takedowns, uh, dangerous off of her back. You know, her fights are always very fun to watch, but it's, you know, to her, you know, to her uh, downfall, the way she fights. Um, she does tend to push a very tough pace and then slow down quite a bit. Uh, she was gassed before the end of the first round in her debut. I uh, can't really say many other good things based on what we've seen because, you know, she does seem to have good grappling skills and tricky submissions and stuff. But if she can't make it more than one round, then, you know, what's the what's the point? So. And she's taking on J.J. Aldrich. She's 30 years old, 5'5", five, five with a 67.5-inch reach. She is 11-6 and six and 7-5 and five in the UFC, and she's a minus 600 favorite. And yeah, I don't understand. I guess I understand in this fight why she's such a big favorite because, you know, Ling hasn't looked good. Um, but, yeah, so. <laughs> Aldrich has had a couple knockout wins early in her career, but she's never won a, a fight by submission. Uh, most of her wins have been by decision, especially in the UFC. I think they all have. Um, her takedown defense is pretty good. I don't think Ling's going to be able to take her down. Um, Aldrich is the better striker between these two for sure. Um, 
Aldrich is all around the better fighter, in my opinion. Really, Aldrich has the better cardio. Um, I don't think I have to say much more than that on this one. Uh, it's a pretty one-sided fight, in my opinion. I think most people would agree with that. So I'm going to take JJ to win by decision, uh, just because she hasn't been getting any finishes. I know Ling's, uh, Liang's uh, prone to getting finished, but JJ doesn't uh, go after it that hard. So <laughs> uh, Next up, we got Kian Song taking on uh, Ronaldo Bedoya. And Kian Song is, sorry, um, 33 years old, six foot tall, with a 71 and a half inch reach. Uh, trains at Mo Tiger Muay Thai. He is 19 and seven, and four and three in the UFC, and he's a plus 190 underdog. Yeah, this guy's a finisher. Um, he's either getting the finish or getting finished. Fun to watch. Um, he has nine wins by knockout, eight wins by submission. Has nice kickboxing. I mean, he's the only fighter up to this point. You know, unless Neil Magny does something this weekend. Um, you know, that, that's hurt, uh, Ian Gary badly, you know, and, and their fight, he dropped Gary and, uh, had him rocked. So, um, I know he wound up getting finished, you know, but still pretty impressive. Um, he lost his last two fights by knockout. You know, he's, he's going to be fighting closer to home here and, uh, he's going to be motivated, heavy hands, you know, just, he couldn't get into range, you know, in the Gary fight. He was having a lot of trouble with that. And uh, he normally likes to pressure guys, you know, so when he gets stuck on the outside, you know, he has a lot of trouble with that. And that's what Gary did to him. Um, he's going to be at quite a big reach, uh, reach disadvantage in this fight. A lot of his wins have uh, been over guys who never want to fight in the UFC or have been cut from the promotion. Uh, throws nice kicks to the body. Uh, what else? He's definitely fought the way tougher competition out of these two guys. So there's something there. Um, on the feet, this fight could be close, you know, uh, Funny thing a lot of people don't know about uh, Song is that he actually fought Adesanya back in the day and got knocked out. I don't know which weight class that was at, but that's crazy, right? And he's taking on Ronaldo Bedoya. He is 26 years old, 5'11", with a 75.2-inch reach, 14-2, um, and two, and he is a minus-225 favorite. And uh, Oh, he's 0-1 in the UFC. And uh, he's going to have a 4-inch reach advantage in this fight, and... I got to say, I was really impressed. You know, um, he took the fight on short notice against Chaos Williams. Um, and even though he lost, man, he was starting to pick up the pace at the end of the third round, and he was landing some good shots and out-voluming uh, uh, Chaos Williams. And, you know, that's crazy because Chaos is known to be a very heavy hitter, and none of his punches seem to bother Bedoya at all. And uh, Bedoya has four wins by knockout, three by submission. Um, he was on an 11-fight win streak before his last fight. Uh, throws a lot of hard calf kicks. He counters very well. Um Fight's really loose, man, and, that, and what I mean by that is he's very comfortable on the feet. You know, he's not tense. Um, you know, it, it, there's he looks very comfortable on the feet, and uh, he has great cardio. He doesn't load up. He doesn't overcommit on his shots. He rolls with punches very well. Uh, really nice striking defense, man, and uh, that really helped him out in the chaos fight. I mean, he moves in and out of the pocket very well. Um, he's very fast. He has a nice quick one-two, man, that has some pop on it. Um, I like a, a whole lot of what I've seen, man, and I think he has a very high ceiling. He's going to keep getting better, you know, uh, throughout his time in the UFC, and I'm definitely taking Bedoya to get the win here. Um, not a whole lot of finishes, man. I think this is going to be a, a fight that he wins by decision, uh, unless he wins like a lands like a big head kick or something. Um, I think he's going to stay on the outside and pick apart Song from from the outside. So, next up, we got. Uh, Chitty Ninja Kawani taking on Michael Ozechek. And Chitty is 34 years old, 6'3", with an 80-inch reach. He is 22-9, and, and 
Sorry, I got to find this stuff on my notes. Um, twenty-two and nine, and two and two in the UFC. He's a plus one hundred underdog, and uh, and I swore the last time that Chitty fought that I would never put money on him again. Um, he went out there and did nothing, and was just he did nothing and was somehow gassed out. You know, after the first round, I mean, it was a really bad performance. And, uh, you know, now that that's out of the way, man, usually Chitty is a very exciting fighter. He's an amazing striker. Um, he had some really impressive knockouts in his career. Uh, he's been around, you know, he, he's been around a while, man, and, and through a lot of, you know, organizations. He went 5-3 and three in Bellator. Um, the uh, Gregory Rodriguez fight, you know, that was insane. He hit Rodriguez with everything he could, and, you know, he couldn't put him away. Um, he's very fast. He has an 80-inch reach, so he's definitely going to have, like, a, a, I guess it's a 6-inch six, six reach advantage in this fight. So, um... Just a really powerful, good kickboxer. He uses good front kicks up the middle. Very good with elbows, knees, and the clinch. Um, he's good at using his length, man. He has 14 wins by knockout, one by submission. Uh, he fights out of Garland, Texas, which is like 40 minutes away from where I live. Um, it's hard to count him out, man. If you if you watch all the tape on him, all the knockouts, you know, uh, you know, it's really hard to count him out, especially when he's fighting a striker. Um, but the game plan to beat him has been laid out for a long time. You go out there and you wrestle him for, for a while and you tire him out, you know, then either keep wrestling, keep getting the takedowns, or or then you start testing yourself on the feet once he's tired. Uh, but this is a very tricky fight, man, and he's taken on uh, Mike, Mikhail Ozechek. He is 28 years old, uh, six foot tall, 74-inch reach. He is 18-6 and six, and 6-4-1, six, and one, no contest in the UFC, and he's a minus-120 favorite. And I like the lines on this fight, man. It's good value, like, you know, either way you choose to go with it. Uh, both are powerful, good kickboxers. I think Olazacek is the more well-rounded of these two as far as his grappling and his wrestling is probably better, um, even though that's not really how he fights. I would say his cardio is probably better as well. Um, as far as at least his, he can keep his cardio up, you know, he can strike and push a tough pace for three rounds. We haven't got to see Chitty Ninja Kawani do that in the UFC yet. Um but yeah, if Olazacek is getting out-wrestled, it does slow him down quite a bit, too. We saw that in the Caio uh, Barallo fight. Um, should be a very exciting fight while it lasts. He has 13 wins by knockout, one by submission. I would say that he's looked better since the move down to 185, but he, you know, his wins haven't been over anybody really impressive yet. You know, Sam Alvey and... Um, who was the other guy? Sam Alvey and Cody Brundage. Um, yeah, not not really... Impressive wins there. Um, he has been submitted a few times, but I don't think he's going to have to worry about that in this fight. Um, I wonder, sometimes I wonder if Olszewicz can make 170 because he doesn't seem to be, you know, a very big 185 or even though he used a fight at 205. So uh, he's got really good ground and pound from top position. Uh, he He's used to fighting taller, bigger guys coming down from light heavyweight. Um, he fights very wild at times. You know, he's always moving forward. Uh, it's going to be a kickboxing match, man, and that being the case, it's hard for me to pick against Chitty. Um, Mikal has only been knocked out once. I think if he gets out of the first round, maybe he could take over, but, uh, you know, maybe use his pressure, you know, take over. But then again, man, as long as they aren't wrestling, Chitty's gas tank might hold up, you know. Um, so this is a very hard pick, man. <laughs> I know a lot of people are going with Olszewicz. But I do expect this to be a kickboxing match, and if that's the case, it does kind of favor Njikawani. Um I do believe he is the more technical striker out of the two of these guys. So, even though I said I would, uh, even though I said I would never do it, I'm going to give Chitty. We um, give Chitty the chance here, man. I'm going to take him to win by uh, take him to win by knockout, man. Uh, 
Take a win by knockout round round one. Maybe he'll land one of those uh one of those crazy elbows like he did on Gregory Rodriguez. Next up we got Waldo Cortez Acosta taking on uh Lucas Bresky. And Costa is he sorry, hold on. He's thirty one years old, six four with a seventy eight inch reach. He is nine and one and two and one in the UFC, and he's a minus three hundred favorite. And I find this line to be really crazy. Um I've never been high on Costa, mainly because he's not a complete MMA fighter in my opinion. He's a boxer. Um, comes from a boxing background. He doesn't check leg kicks, and you know all he does is throw punches, man. I mean, you can go back and watch the tape. Um, he hasn't beaten anybody good. His two wins are over guys that that are cut from the UFC: Chase Sherman and Jared Vandera. Uh, tough guys, nonetheless, but never really could get it going in the UFC. And that being said, you know Costa is a very good boxer. Um, he usually has the speed advantage. He can push a good good pace for three rounds. Um, these guys' reaches are pretty much the same. Uh, Acosta throws a ton of volume for a heavyweight. Four wins by knockout, one by submission. Uh, hasn't gotten a finish in the UFC yet. He does go down to the body a lot uh, to set up his set up his headshots. Uh, throws good combinations. You know, not much more to say, man. He is good on the feet, and uh, I'll be interested. in you know his last fight, he he got beat by the leg kicks, man. He wasn't checking the leg kicks, and I do believe that could serve Bresky very very well in this fight. And Bresky is 31 years old, 6'4", with a 78-inch reach. He is 8-3-1 and 0-2 in the UFC, and he's a plus-250 underdog. Now, I know he hasn't gotten a win in the UFC, but he arguably won the uh, Martin Bidet fight. You know, he landed a lot of punches in the first two rounds. He he out-volumed Bidet for sure. You know, he was just a little bit undersized for that fight, but a lot of people thought Bresky won that fight. And, uh... You know, it's it's that's not an easy fight, you know. And his next fight was against one of the better wrestlers that we have in the heavyweight division now, Carl Williams. You know, uh, Williams has taken everybody down that he's fought, so you can't really hate on him for that. Um, Lucas has five wins by knockout, two wins by submission. Um, has a kickboxing background. Um, his kicks are going to be a big thing for him in this fight, I believe. I don't think Acosta is used to people throwing head kicks at him. Um, he uses his jab very well, throws good combinations. He's not very wild, man. He landed uh, 60 strikes in the first round against Martin Bidet which is pretty good for a heavyweight. And uh, I think Bretsky is the more well-rounded fighter out of these two here because um, at least he throws you know, throws his kicks and stuff. Uh, don't expect him to go for takedowns in this fight, but you never know. Um, Acosta will have the speed advantage and, and probably more volume, but you know, I don't like the price on Acosta, and I'm going to take Bretsky. Um, you know, the price on Acosta is way too much, in my opinion. Um, if Bretsky goes, goes out there and beats up that leg and then goes high with his kicks, he may get a knockout. Uh, once again, I'm not super confident, but I'm definitely going to take Bresky on this one. Next up, we got Junior Taffa taking on Parker Porter. This should be a a fun one while it lasts. Uh, Taffa is 26 years old, 6'3", with a 72-inch reach. He is 4-1 and 0-1 and in the UFC, and he's a minus-140 favorite. And he's only 4-1, but he's had a ton of kickboxing experience. Um, he fought over in glory for a very long time. He was a New Zealand national champion, kickboxing champion. Uh, here are all the records that I could find for him. He's 2-0 and in pro kickbox or pro boxing. His kickboxing record is 28-5 with 23 knockouts. And his MMA record is 4-1 with 4 knockouts. Um, obviously a very talented striker, great Muay Thai, heavy hands. He moves really well for a heavyweight. 
Um, it was hard to fight a lot of his to find a lot of his MMA fights. Um, obviously, we saw in the uh, the Usman fight that he struggles with the takedowns a bit. Um, I've been telling people to keep an eye on this guy for a while. You know, when I first started this channel, I did an MMA news video that that nobody watched. I stopped doing the MMA news videos, but uh, and I talked about Junior, and that was before his fight in Ryzen that he had before he came to the UFC. And you know, he he went out there and knocked that guy out. It's very impressive win. Um, He's in a bit better shape than his brother, Justin Taffa. He's a little bit taller and skinnier. Um, and obviously his weaknesses are his takedown defense. And this is an easy fight to break down, man, because we know Taffa is better on the feet. He's taking on Parker Porter. He is 38 years old, uh, six foot tall with a 75-inch reach. And uh, he's 14 and 8 and 4 and 3 in the UFC. And he's a plus 120 underdog. He's got five wins by knockout, four by submission. Um, he's going to have a three-inch reach advantage in this fight. And um, what it comes down to is can Porter take Toffa down? Uh, we know he has no chance on the feet at all. And uh, Porter doesn't necessarily have good wrestling. You know, I, I think I think Toffa is going to gonna have worked on his takedown defense enough to be able to keep this on the feet against Porter. And uh, I think he's going to knock Porter out in round one. Next up, we got Aaron Blanchfield taking on Talia Santos. This is another one of those fights that I find very hard <laughs> to decide on, man. And uh, Aaron Blanchfield is 24 years old, 5'4", with a 68-inch reach. She is 11-1 and and 5-0 and in the UFC, and she's a minus-135 favorite. Uh, she's got two wins by knockout, four by submission. You know, her bread and butter is her wrestling and grappling. You know, her jiu-jitsu is very good. Um, if you go back and break down all her opponents and, and, and how they look since she fought them, I wouldn't say the wins are super impressive. Um, she kind of easily ran through a bunch of people that don't have any ground game, uh, which has made her look very good. Don't get me wrong, but you know, um, there's I guess there's not really a whole lot of tough competition in the division until you get up, you know, to the point that she's at now. You know, um, she's very good at what she does, man, and this is going to be her toughest opponent yet for sure. Uh, she has great trips and body lock takedowns. Her striking did look pretty good in the Andrade fight. Um, seems to have made a lot of improvements there. You know, she was kind of. She was kind of just disregarding Andrade's power and just going in and 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 throwing bombs. So I mean, I don't know if that's going to be the smartest decision in this fight. Um, I'd like to see Blanchfield throw more kicks. You know, she wasn't throwing enough kicks, in my opinion. Um, and that's basically the lowdown on her, man. She's very good with her grappling and her submissions. You know, uh, but this is going to be a very tough test for her. And uh, Santos is thirty years old, five six with a sixty eight inch reach. She is nineteen and two. And four and two in the UFC, and she's a plus one fifteen underdog. And I don't know if anybody else agrees with this, but I I thought Santos deserved a uh, immediate rematch with Shevchenko because it was a very close fight, and I could see that if there were different judges there that night, um, Santos might have got that decision because she did control Shevchenko on the ground for pretty much three rounds of that fight. I was glad that Shevchenko won. I'm a big big fan of hers, so but I was impressed with Santos for sure. Uh, these girls' reaches are pretty much the same. Uh, Santos has 10 wins by knockout, 3 by submission. Uh, she can be a bit of a slow starter at times. She's a talented striker, but, you know, it was her grappling that impressed me in her last fight in the title fight. You know, she's she's very powerful, good Muay Thai. Um, she's got five-round cardio. She's been five rounds. Uh, she's going to be the bigger girl here. Um, I think she's going to be the better striker in this matchup for sure. This is another hard fight, man, like I said. Um, I know everybody's going with Blanchfield. Uh I guess because she beat Andrade, but, you know, Andrade's lost three times in a row now. So I don't find that to be as impressive as it was at the time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Santos, man. I'm going to take her to win by decision. 
mainly because she's plus money and because she won a couple rounds against you know the former champ, one of the greatest you know women fighters of all time, you know Shevchenko. So I uh, I think people are kind of disregarding that about her and underestimating her, but it could be a close fight for sure. Next up, we got Rina Nakamura taking on Fernie Garcia. And uh, Nakamura, excuse me, I'll grab some water. This is a big favorite here. This is another lock on the card that's a giant favorite. <laughs> Nakamura is 28 years old, uh, 5'7 with a 68-inch reach. He is 7-0 and 1-0 in the UFC, and he's a minus 700 favorite. Uh, this guy has a, a Olympic freestyle wrestling background, um, if I remember correctly. All but one of his wins have been by finish. Five knockouts and one submission. Um, he's very powerful. This is my third time researching this guy. You know, I did I did tape on him for the road to UFC fights and stuff like that. Um, his striking is, is pretty wild, man. He's a brawler. Um, it's not pretty, but he always gets the win. You know, um, he, he does look extremely wild out there. And uh, he is extremely powerful for this weight class. He's going to have a one-inch reach advantage. Uh, pushes a really tough pace, you know, that I, I seriously doubt he could keep that up for more than a round. Um, even on the road to UFC fight, man, he had won that fight quickly in the first round, but he looked gassed after that. And uh, that's really the only bad thing I can say about him, you know. I mean, he will definitely run into trouble when he runs into guys that can slow him down a bit and make it out of the first round. Um, for what I can tell, the best plan to beat Nakamura would be to go out and clinch him up against the cage and wear on him for the first round. Or, or try and get him down, but with his wrestling background, it might be pretty hard. Um, wear on him the first round, then maybe maybe some of the pop will be off his shots and he'll slow down. Um, but this isn't a uh, this isn't a, a a wrestler he's taking on here. Somebody that fights that way. So uh, Garcia is thirty one years old. He is five seven with a sixty seven inch reach. He is ten and three, and zero and two in the UFC, and he's a plus five hundred underdog. Uh, one win by knockout, three wins by submission. And Garcia has good boxing. Um, I would say he has the better striking of these two because Nakamura is just really wild and just goes out there and throws everything until he lands. Um, Garcia, you know, he's powerful. He dropped headstead in their fight, you know, in the first round, but then he got out-wrestled. And, uh, you know, it's not really a, a good look to use to journey Newsom like he did either in his debut. Um, I think that was his debut, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't a good look. Um I do think Garcia has some skills, man, that just quite haven't, you know, fully developed yet. I think that that if they choose a if they had chose a better matchup for him, you know, he might have been able to stay in the UFC and get a win in the UFC. But you know, this matchup doesn't make sense for him. For me, you know, he shouldn't be volunteering to fight a good wrestler um, when it, that's one of his weaknesses. But you know, his best shot is if he makes it out of the first round. Maybe he'll take over, man. Um, he's never been finished, but Nakamura, you know, has pretty much looked unstoppable. Um, could be a good live betting opportunity, man. Maybe if Garcia makes it through the first round, he can take over and beat a uh, beat a gassed out Nakamura. So watch for that. But I'm going to be taking Nakamura to get the win, knockout round one. That's what he's been doing, and uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure to get through to get through that first round, man. And nobody else has been able to do it. So I'm going to say he keeps doing what he does, man. Next up, this should be a very fun fight. Uh, got G Giga Chikazi taking on. Um, Alex Caceres, and uh, sorry, I gotta find this on my notes. They moved this one around. Chikadi uh, is 35 years old, uh, six foot tall, with a 74 inch reach. He is 14 and three, and seven and one in the UFC, and, and he's a minus 230 favorite. 
he's an amazing kickboxer, very sharp striking, nine wins by knockout, one by submission. Um, his best wins have been over Jamal Emmers and Edson Arbo- uh, Barboza. Uh, coming off the uh, Calvin Cater loss, man, it's been a year and a half since he's fought. And, you know, I like that for him. You know, he took the time off to, to work on what he needed to. Um, he's gonna only going to have a half-inch reach advantage in this fight. And he throws a ton of kicks, man. Uh, likes to throw the calf kick, then then go up with the teep kick to the chin. And, uh, man, his his kicks are one of his best weapons. You know, um, his hands didn't really look very good in the, in the Cater fight. You know, I know he's beating some lower-level opponents, you know, in the UFC. But um, his hands, you know, Cater was outboxing him, you know, for sure. Um, throws nice long combinations, mixes in the kicks very well, uh, likes to end his combinations with a kick, uh, uses his jab very well. We've seen that if you can get him down and wear on him, he slows down a lot, and uh, he does struggle if you keep him on the back foot and keep walking him down, which is how Cater was able to take over. Uh, but you definitely can't stay in kicking range with Giga. you got to stay in his face. And uh, I'm not sure if he will have to worry about being taken down in this fight because Harris does like to keep it on the feet usually. Um, you know, Jakazi has 44 fights as a kickboxer. He's been active in combat sports for a long time and he's, you know, he's 35 years old. So, you know, um, how much can he improve at this point, you know, in his career? And, uh, you know, cause you know, the grappling isn't, 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 isn't very good, man. Once he starts getting up here with these guys that can take him down, you know, I know Cater only took him down in the first round, but but he did make it through five rounds of that fight. So he's taking on Alex Caceres. He's 35 years old, 5'10", with a 73-and-a-half-inch reach. He is 21-13 and 13 and 16-11 and 11 in the UFC, and he's a plus-176 underdog. Uh, Caceres has had a late re- resurgence in his career, man, You know, going 7-1 and one in his last eight fights. Um, he's gotten a few finishes in there as well, which is you know something he hadn't been doing for a while. Um, he's got four wins by knockout, seven by submission. Um He's made a lot of really good adjustments, man. You know, the, the Julian Arosa knockout was amazing. You know, he threw that left hand and came over with the head kick right behind it. He has really amazing balance the way he had to throw that kick. Um, he's more experienced. He's fought a lot of really tough competition. Uh, he's the better grappler out of these two for sure, and he has better cardio, I would say. Um, you know, he Caceres had a close fight with Sadiq Hus- uh, Yusuf, which is very impressive. Because, uh, you know, Yusuf's on a tear right now. And it's a very close fight, man. And he did outland uh, Sadiq in the first round or two, I think. Um, you know, Giga is 7-1 in the UFC, but most of those wins, you know, except the two that I mentioned earlier, uh, Jamal Emers and Edson Barboza, um, aren't really all that impressive, you know. Um, so, you know, think about that. You know, and the same can be said for most of, you know, Alex's fights as well. You know, he's had the past few years. Um, his best wins are his wins over Choi and Daniel Pineda. So, I mean... Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, Caceres has a real shot at winning this fight, in my opinion. I think I think Giga has the better kicks out of these two, but I think Caceres might actually have the better hands, um, as well as the grappling advantage. So, if Caceres can wear on Giga for a round and then and then go to work, he may win. Uh, once again, another very hard one for me to pick. Um, I could see it going either way, man. You know, you know, Caceres has been finding a way to to pull these things out, and he's looked pretty good. Um, you know, I'm really arguing with myself because I don't like to jump on, you know, big favorites like everybody else does. Um, you know, how is how is Chikadze going to look after being out a year and a half and coming back to a guy that's that's been extremely active, man? Um, but will Caceres fight smart and try to get a takedown and try to use his grappling? You know, it's uh, that's the uh, that's the part, man. 
I really want to pick Caceres. <laughs> I, I think I'll... If this does wind up being a kickboxing match, you know, I think that, that favors uh, Chikadze. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Giga Chikatsi to get the win. Um Caceres, well, he has been knocked out a lot of times early on in his career. So um I'll take I'll take Chikadze to get the win by uh by second round uh TKO due to a due to some sort of kick, you know, one of those crazy kicks that he throws. Um I do really want to pick Caceres and I'll probably make an underdog parlay and put him in it just in case. Um because I actually, I actually want to see him win this fight. I'd like to see him make a run to the top of the division. You know, at this point in his career. Next up, we got the co-main event: Anthony Smith versus Ryan Span. Two. <clears throat> Anthony Smith is—he's thirty-five years old, six-four with a seventy-six-inch reach. He is thirty-six and eighteen, and and eleven and eight in the UFC. And he's a plus one thirty five underdog, and uh, that's surprising, man. Since since Smith won the first fight so dominantly against Ryan Spann, uh, Smith has eighteen wins by knockout, fifteen by submission. He's on a two fight losing streak. Um, he hasn't looked very good lately. You know, he had that nasty leg injury in the Ankalaev fight. You know, the fight had to get stopped. Uh, then he just couldn't get anything going. You know, in the Walker fight, um, I do believe Anthony is the more well rounded fighter of these two as far as grappling and jujitsu. Um, obviously Smith is very powerful, all those finishes. Um, he just wasn't as aggressive as he usually is, you know, in the, in the Walker fight. Maybe that's just cause he was worrying about the big power, you know, that, uh, Johnny Walker has. And, um, you know, in, in order to win this fight, in my opinion, he's going to have to be extremely aggressive like he was in the first fight, um, against Span. you know, um, you know, it's like, it, has Smith lost the, uh, you know, lost the fireman, the drive, you know, that he used to have or. Or has it just been a, a little bit of slip up in his career, man, you know, and didn't want to get knocked out, you know, against against Walker. Um, and, you know, this is kind of the same, you know, big, tall, good, powerful striker and, and Ryan Spann. But, you know, he has beat Ryan Spann before. So, I mean, I, I don't understand why everybody's counting Anthony Smith out. Um, if he's going to win, I expect him to try and get the fight to the ground at one point and clinch Spann up against the cage uh, for the first round just to kind of wear on him, tire him out a bit. Um, I think Anthony Smith has the better cardio. And then, and then maybe go to work on the feet. Um, and we have seen Span uh, submitted a few times. I believe that's how um, Anthony Smith won the first time. Uh, and Ryan Span is 32 years old, uh, 6'5", with an 81.5-inch reach. He is 21-8 and eight and 7-3 and three in the UFC, and he's a minus-155 favorite. And he's going to have a 5.5-inch reach advantage, man. He's a big, tall guy. He has 6 wins by knockout, 12 wins by submission. Um you know, he makes a lot of mistakes, though. You know, like we saw in the in the Nikita Krylov fight, you know, um, as soon as it goes to the ground, man, you know, he, he does make a lot of mistakes with the submission defense. Um, he is very good at, at, at fighting long. You got to, you know, Smith's going to have to stay in, in Span's face this whole time and pressure him so that he can't get off those big shots. Um, and I really, man, I'm really struggling with this one, too, but I'm going to go with Anthony Smith, man. Uh, I'm going to take him to win by submission again. Uh, I think he's not going to be scared of Ryan Spann. He's already beaten Ryan Spann before. Um, I could be wrong. You know, uh, Spann did have a couple of good wins after that fight. You know, well, the Eon Kuzilaba fight, you know, he sticks his head in a guillotine in every fight almost. Uh, and then the Dominic Ray has knocked out. A lot of people have knocked him out, you know, recently, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, I'll take Anthony Smith to get the win by a uh, second-round submission. Next up, we got the main event. 
Max Holloway versus the Korean Zombie. And uh, Max Holloway is 31 years old, 5'11 with a 69-inch reach. He is 24-7 and seven, and 20-7 um, and seven in the UFC. Almost his entire career has been in the UFC. He's a minus 825 favorite, uh, 10 wins by knockout, and uh, 2 wins by submission. Wait, is that right? I might have just remembered that wrong. Hold on, I gotta check now. Yeah, 10 wins by knockout, 2 by submission, uh, 12 wins by decision. Um, he's a legend, man, and, and you know, I thought he arguably won the second Volkanovski fight, and I know he got, he didn't look good in the third, you know, uh, Volkanovski clearly won the third fight, but, um, you know, he's one of the best, man. Nobody's been able to get past him except for Volkanovski, and, you know, you know, Max's his volume and and his boxing and and everything is just some of the best you'll ever see. You know, and uh, he's very good at even when he doesn't have the reach advantage, he somehow seems to make it as if he does because people he's he's, he's hard to hit. He's got great head movement, good footwork, um, and he's fought all the tough people. Man, he beat Arnold Allen. You know, that was a that was a a very tough fighter. Man, Arnold Allen is tough. You know, um, and. Uh, you know, he beat Yair Rodriguez. That was a close fight. He beat Calvin Cater, beat the crap out of Calvin Cater. Um, that was a crazy fight, man. And he's beat he's beaten all these tough people, man. You know, he beat Jose Aldo, finished him, you know, twice. So, I mean, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think, um, I don't think the Korean Zombie is going to, unfortunately, be able to get around this, <laughs> around that and through that, but. Uh, the Korean Zombie is 36 years old, 5'7", with a 72-inch reach. He is 17-7, and 7, and 7-4 seven and in the UFC. Seems like he would have had more fights than that. <laughs> uh, plus, plus 575 underdog. He's got 6 wins by knockout, 8 wins by submission. Uh, he's going to have a 3-inch reach advantage in this fight, man, but, you know, I, I don't I don't see him having the, the advantage anywhere here. I don't think he'll be able to get Max Holloway down. Um I, I, I just, I, he's not going to get have any success on the feet. You know, I, I'm a big fan of the Korean Zombie. Um, I'd like to see him win a fight. I mean, I'm a, I'm more of a Holloway fan, so I don't want to see him win this fight. Um, but you know, if we saw the way he looked in the in the title fight against Volkanovski, he didn't have a chance. Um, and this is the kind of people that that you know Holloway's used to fighting. You know, people like Volkanovski, the, the toughest in the world. And I'm just sorry, but I don't I just don't think that uh, the Korean Zombie is going to have a chance in this fight, man. And um, you know, he, he's hard to put away, you know, Max doesn't typically knock anybody out lately, you know, it's been a while. Um, so I, I'm going to, I'm thinking it's probably going to be just a five round, you know, beat down with Holloway, just boxing <laughs> the Korean zombie up the whole time, putting out a ton of volume. Uh, so I'm going to be taking Holloway to get the win by decision. You know, maybe he'll get a finish this one. And if he does, that'll put him right back up in the title contention, you know, um, but yeah, man, I, I definitely, I definitely got to go with Holloway here. So <laughs> that's all my picks, guys. And as far as my bets, as far as my bets go, guys, um, single plays. I got to play on Junior Taffa minus one twenty. That's a one unit play. Uh, I got to play on um, Bedoya. It's a I caught him early at minus two fifty. It's a two unit play. And I put a small underdog play on Talia Santos at plus 115, just a little. It's actually less than a quarter unit, like 200 bucks. Um, and then as far as my big parlays, sorry, I realized I forgot to make all these flyers 
so I had to stop and go make them and come back. Uh, as far as my big parlays, so the first one, um, Nakamura, Toffa, Bedoya, Aldritz, Holloway, that's only a plus 242, uh, which is horrible for, for that many um, that many uh, uh, fights on a parlay. And then to that, I added Chikotse and Jarno Ahrens, and that's plus 1,349. And then to that one, all the same fighters, and then I added Kazama and Kinoshita, and that's plus 5,382. And then to that, I added Bretsky and Santos, and that's plus 41,154. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if that one hits, man? I don't, I don't put too much on all these big parlays. Um, I put a, I put a good bit on the top one, you know, the plus 200, whatever one. Um, and I did make a small underdog parlay of Aaron Santos and Bresky, and that's plus 2,210. And like I said, I only usually put like 50 bucks on these big parlays like this. Um, but yeah, man, that's it for me guys. Uh, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for caring about what I have to say. Please like, and subscribe, man. It would help me out a lot. Uh, trying to get up to that 500 subscriber mark, man. Uh, that would be that would be awesome. And uh, yeah, man. I guess that's it for me, guys. Man, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate all you guys, and I will talk to y'all later, man.